The Department of Health and Human Services recently awarded the National Health Information Sharing and Analysis Center $350,000 in grants to help improve the healthcare sector's cyber threat information sharing capabilities. The two grants include an award from the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT to provide cybersecurity information and education on cyber threats to healthcare sector stakeholders. Under the other grant, awarded by the HHS's Office of the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response, NHISAC was chosen to help build the infrastructure necessary to disseminate cyber threat information securely to healthcare partners. I'm Miriam Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Denise Anderson, President of NHISAC, who will discuss the grants and other work that's underway at NHISAC. So, Denise, first of all, congratulations to NHISAC on the HHS grant awards. So what are NHISAC's plans and goals for the grant work? So, first of all, let me say that we're very excited to be awarded this grant and for the recognition that came with that. Our goal really is to leverage what we're already doing and to make that more available to everyone within the sector. So, trying to reach the smallest entities that may not have, you know, are probably the most vulnerable, to be quite honest, and are being impacted greatly by the number of threats that are out there, most notably recently is the ransomware threat. So now, Denise, for several years now, NHISAC has been working with healthcare sector organizations to improve cyber threat information sharing capabilities, but there has also been some criticism that it's mostly the larger healthcare entities that can afford and benefit from being a participant in NHISAC. How might that change under the grants? So I anticipate that it will absolutely change. So first of all, let me say that within the, I actually, my background came from the financial services ISAC, and the same was true there. So a couple of years ago, the, many of the larger financial institutions were kind of the leaders and the mentors within the sector, and they realized the importance of looking at the entire sector and the security of the entire sector writ large. So they started programs where they reached out to smaller entities like the community banks and credit unions. We're looking to do the same thing here, and actually this was already in process before the grants actually even came into place, where where our members who are some of the larger organizations within healthcare do truly look at themselves as mentors and take the responsibility of the security within the sector writ large very seriously. I mean, their philosophy is a rising tide floats all boats. And we've been developing a number of services along those lines, one of them being a service that we're calling CyberFit, where we're looking to leverage the ISAC community to make services available to smaller organizations that they may not necessarily be able to afford. So things like malware analysis, penetration testing, those types of things. We're also exploring ways that we're going to look at getting alerts out more broadly to the sector. We we do have done this in the past. For example, with the Hollywood Presbyterian case, we were able to determine that it was related to a JBoss vulnerability. And so we got the word out pretty broadly within the sector that people needed to disable the console. The thing I think that the grant will do is force us to be a little bit more focused on doing more of that within the sector, even with the day-to-day type of sharing that goes on and, and trying to figure out what can we pull out from that sharing that exists already to make it benefit the whole sector. I think the other thing that we're going to be doing is looking at educating the sector, so bringing more webinars out there, 
doing workshops out in the in the public. In fact, one of the things that we've been doing recently was we partnered with the FBI and the Secret Service as well as two other ISACs, Financial Services and Multi-State ISAC, and then Palo Alto and Symantec to deliver a workshop series on ransomware and basically to just educate people out there in industry, not necessarily just healthcare, but industry writ large, about the threat of ransomware, why information sharing is important, and what they can do to protect themselves against it. So this is something we've done gratis. We've hit 14 cities. We've got two left of those original 14, and it's been very well received, and people are asking us to do more. So we're going to be looking at exploring that. Now, Denise, under the grant from the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response, the work is described, at least by HHS, as NHISAC helping to build the infrastructure necessary to disseminate cyber threat information securely to healthcare partners. Do you anticipate that this cyber threat information sharing would happen in real time? For instance, you mentioned the Hollywood Presbyterian incident and being able to disseminate information about that to other healthcare sector organizations so that they could be on the lookout. How real time do you expect that this cyber threat information sharing capability might happen? Absolutely real time. So as members are seeing things within their environments, they're sharing it back to us. And there's a number of ways that they do that. We have the capability to do machine-to-machine sharing through a program called Ultra Edge. And so we can absolutely do that and roll it out much broader to the sector writ large. But we also have list servers where our members are sharing information with each other real time as they see it. So we do have the capability of, of doing things pretty much in real time, and we'll be looking to expand that out to the sector. I have a couple of things in mind right now that I can't really talk about right now, but they're in development, and hopefully this will be an answer to our needs within the sector. So, Denise, as you look at some of the things that we have been seeing recently with ransomware attacks, last year we saw a lot of hacker attacks on large health insurers. What are some of the most disturbing trends that you've been seeing when it comes to the surge in cyber attacks and other evolving threats? And any predictions for what we might be seeing in the coming year? First of all, let me say that, you know, about five or six years ago, we weren't even talking cyber and healthcare. So with the advent of technology, with the things like the Electronic Healthcare Records Act, where records are now being made available, and then in healthcare, we have a very unique situation in that they also have to be portable. So you need to be sharing very sensitive data between a number of entities, for example, your doctor, the hospital, the pharmacy, the insurance company, but also with technological advances such as smart hospitals or even pharmaceuticals that you ingest that are connected to the Internet or medical devices that are connected to the Internet, we've now created huge vulnerabilities and attack services for threat actors to look at. And probably what's the most disturbing trend is the original concern was around data being taken, but really in many cases, as we've seen with ransomware, it's actually held up operations so that hospitals and providers can't deliver services to patients. And when you're looking at those types of things, you're talking about people's lives. You're not just talking about people's data. So those are some very concerning things. Um, I think ransomware and the trends in ransomware right now are obviously very concerning and something people need to be very aware about. You know, and in many cases, things like basic cyber hygiene will help prevent against some of these attacks. Again, hospitals have a lot of nuances, especially when it comes to devices, many of them are running on old operating platforms because you just can't go out and replace an MRI machine 
very easily just because of all the cost and things involved with it. But that's the reality that we're living with in the healthcare world right now, and so it's, it's going to take some adjustment to figure out ways to protect these devices from attacks and to promote overall cybersecurity best practices within these environments. Now, Denise, you mentioned medical devices. I understand that NHISAC is also working with the Medical Device Innovation Safety and Security Consortium, or MDIS, on ways to improve cybersecurity of medical devices. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on together and what the goals are? Absolutely. So I'm very excited to be in this partnership with MDIS. We started it about a year ago. Actually, we've been doing it for a couple of while, but we've kind of evolved it over the last year. And there's kind of three things that we're doing. One is what we're looking at is a medical device risk assessment program where we'll be able to go in and assess the vulnerabilities within devices and taking it from an overall perspective. So looking at it like, for example, a cath lab and all the devices within that environment and kind of taking a big picture approach to it. Another thing that we're doing that's very exciting is we're working with the manufacturers and researchers as well as providers to come up with a responsible way to disclose vulnerabilities. We just had a very great example with the vulnerability that was disclosed in one of Johnson & Johnson's products where they handled the situation very responsibly. They were able to work with the researcher who discovered it, and they've also been able to work with FDA, and the feedback from it has been very positive. So hopefully we can build upon that and really create a whole collaboration around these types of things. The third is looking at the threat picture and informing the situational awareness around medical device vulnerabilities with the threat perspective. So, you know, looking at the the incidence of likelihood versus risk and kind of fitting that into the overall picture. So those are some of the things we're doing. The other thing we're doing is we're really trying to build the collaboration between the manufacturers and the providers as well as the researchers because in the past this has been a little bit of a contentious relationship and we're looking to overcome that and create more of a community around medical device security because obviously it's a very important thing to be looking at. And so we've been fostering a number of things like workshops. We just did a workshop at Mayo Clinic in September. We did one at HCA in August. We've done one in Kaiser earlier in the year as well as Stanford where we've been bringing everyone together in the community to work together around coming up with solutions around these types of issues. And we're going to be continuing that forward as well as our upcoming conference. We'll be having that medical device track devoted solely to medical device topics and networking around that medical device community. So we're very excited about all those things we're doing in that space. And Denise, looking ahead, are there any other new developments or work planned for NHISAC for next year that you would like the healthcare sector to know about? So we're obviously looking at a whole bunch of different things. You know, the pharmaceutical sector, we're looking at that. We'll look to be doing a series of workshops around issues within the pharmaceutical manufacturing space. We're also working with providers and looking at things like smart hospitals and telemedicine because that's a new wave of technology out there. In fact, there's organizations that just do telemedicine, so that's kind of an interesting thing. So we have a lot. It's a continuing, evolving environment where we're constantly kind of working together with all the people within the community to collaborate together on issues and to foster the sharing because really one person's defense is going to become everybody else's offense. And finally, Denise, in terms of the two grants that were awarded by HHS, are they for a certain length of time? Are they renewable? And how long will you be working with HHS on this work? They were both for five-year periods. They renew each year. 
So we actually, I think it's a formality, but we have to actually reapply for the grant each year for the five-year period. So that's what we're looking at. I mean, obviously, we hope to be working with HHS for a very long period of time, but as far as the grants are concerned, that's what we would be looking at. So the $350,000 between the two grants, is that for one year and then it's renewable? Yes, one year and then renewable for each of five years. Thanks, Denise. I've been speaking to Denise Anderson of NHISAC. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.